0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ranting Rangers episode four. It is a beautiful Tuesday here and an exciting day around the NHL because of the recent news that the NHL is going to go forth with the 2014 playoff. Andrew, how is your day? How are you feeling? Are you excited? What are your thoughts? I am.
1: Uh, I'm doing well. It's a beautiful day outside, like you said. And uh, my thoughts on this uh, announcement by Commissioner Bettman. I actually really like this uh, this plan having going forward. I think how it's really fair how the top teams who are not in playing games will be uh, will, will be playing uh, round robin tournament for a higher seed. So I think everyone will be, you know, at the same level as they go into the second round. And I also really like the Rangers chances this year in this playoffs if you will. You know, I think they're young, they have fresh legs. They've had a lot of success against the Hurricanes in the past who they will likely be playing in their first round uh, playing series. So I think it was a really, uh, really nicely done job by the NHL in executing this plan. And I'm really excited to see how it goes in late July.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I think you hit on a lot of key points there. I think, uh, you know, the the NHL just did did a really good job with this. It was well thought out. It was well organized. Well, you know, well presented. I think there's definitely some hope that this thing can work out well and, you know, probably better than I've even thought, uh, you know, and throughout our conversations on past episodes. We don't want to talk about that too much today. We're going to, we're going to really dig into the, uh, the, the playoff format next episode uh, when, we, when we got some time to digest it. As I mentioned briefly there, you know, the, the Gary Bettman press conference of sorts only happened about 30 minutes ago. So we wanted to take some time to really, you know, make sure we understand all the nuances of the plan and, and just have a, have a real full understanding before we, we start giving you our thoughts But today we've got got a lot of fun things planned. Uh, We figured, uh, you know, since it's only still the the beginning of of 2020, uh, we thought we'd go over and and, and take a look back at the Rangers teams of the 2010s decade. Uh, So we have outlined over the last few days our, you know, Rangers all-decade team with three forward lines, two defense pairings, and two goalies. We've put together our New York Rangers killers all-decade team, which I thought was a really fun idea to to try and do here, looking at guys that have just been a thorn in the Rangers' side uh, for the the past decade. So that's just one line, you know, so three forwards, uh, one pairing, two defensemen, and a goalie. And then also uh, just another fun quick exercise at the end, I was thinking, which is an all-NHL team. And that was sort of up for your own interpretation, so Andrew and I might have different thoughts when it comes to that. But just some guys in the NHL, maybe that have stood out to you throughout the decade, uh, so I'm excited to see, you know, we have, we've not talked about this or anything. We have had no discussions about who, uh, who, who's on our respective teams. So this is totally new. We're excited to, to break it down. I think we'll just get started with that and, and move on from the playoffs and save that for next time. So to start, Andrew, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead first with the Rangers all decade team. Would you like to present your Rangers all decade team? Absolutely.
1: Um, on our first line, we're going to be uh, at center. We're going to have Derek Stepan. Who played from 2010 to 2017, record 380 points, um, and then on also at left wing, played for five years before being traded to the Bruins. Rick Nash, prolific goal scorer, 252 points in his tenure as a blue shirt. And on the right wing of that line, I think it's you know obvious that you got to put in Zook there, Matt Zuccarello. You know played from 2011 to 2019, the heart and soul of this team you know, 352 points in those
0: eight seasons. Brian, what are your thoughts on my first line? Your thoughts, on my thoughts, excuse me, on your first line is that you got it exactly right because I've got the exact same line. <laughs> Rick Nash on the left, Derek Stepan up the middle, and Matt Zuccarello on the right, I think. I mean, I could understand why why one would go somewhere else, but, you know, Derek Stepan on seven seasons, 515 games, he was – Kind of that he wasn't really a true number one center, but he was that that Rangers sort of de facto number one guy, along with a few others that sort of served as that one B to him, uh, throughout the years. He played 97 playoff games. He obviously scored the uh, you know the the famous goal against the Washington Capitals in yeah. Game Seven in overtime to send the Rangers to the Eastern Conference Finals. As you mentioned, with Zuccarello, nine seasons. He played 509 games, 60 playoff games. You know, one of the most beloved Rangers we, we've seen. Uh, won the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award three times. He also led the Rangers in scoring four times. And then Rick Nash, uh, who, you know, obviously, who whose Rangers tenure was sort of tinted by that uh, that that tough playoff run in the, in the 2014 playoffs. Had he scored a few more goals there, I think people would be looking at his Rangers career in a different light, maybe a more positive one. But Nash was a great player for the Blue Shirts. He had 250 points in only 375 games. Played six seasons, 73 playoff games. He was a real leader. Uh, he, he penalty killed. He played both ends of the ice, and he scored a bunch of big goals. At the end of the day, for this team. So I think I think there's not much not much else to debate there. That's that's my Rangers first line. We'll, we'll move on to line two. Who you got? Yeah, at left wing, I'm going to put in uh, Chris Kreider, you know, just, you know,
1: a workhorse of the team throughout his tenure, you know, has a six-year extension. Um, Stats-wise, really, really good, you know, 295 points made his debut in the, you know, 2013, the playoffs, started off with a bank, scoring a goal against the Ottawa Senators. And he's, you know, a real key – he's a key member of this team, and I think he will be for the future and during the 2010s, absolutely. At right wing, I'm going to have Marion Gatwick. Only played uh, three seasons – four seasons with the Rangers. I apologize. Um, But, you know, he – you know, 229 points, close to a point per game, 72 goals. He was a real integral part of the team, you know, during those during the playoff run when they when they uh, made it to the conference finals against the Devils. Of course, you know he had that triple overtime goal uh, against the Capitals. Great moment there. And uh, centering the line, I'm gonna have a uh, Derek Broussard, big game rest. You know, he was part of the Stanley Cup final team. You know, the two Eastern Conference finals. Um, 174 points uh, in his in his uh, tenure as a blue shirt. Uh, they call the big game brass for a reason. Always showed up in the important times.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on two of those. I've got one difference. Uh, on my left wing, I've got Chris Kreider as well. Uh, you know, eight seasons out of the de- in the decade, uh, seventy-seven playoff games. Uh, he's just been a guy that has you know been here for a long time and been an impact player for a long time and should be uh, for years to come. Uh, there's Derek Broussard. Big game brass, as you mentioned, my favorite player before his departure. Uh, you know, I think it was nice of you to mention his hundred and seventy-four regular season points in two fifty-four games. But the reason he got that big game brass nickname is because he had forty-four in fifty-nine playoff games, uh, which was, you know, quite a feat. He was just a guy that seemed to rose the rise to the occasion uh every every spring uh with the blue shirts. And on my right wing, I've got Marty Saint Louis. Uh you know, there's, there's different criteria for how you go about looking at this. For me, I was looking at, at a guy who I felt made a big impact for a long time. Uh, and not, no, uh, you know, not to discount what Marion Gabrick did, but Marty St. Louis was a crucial part of the Rangers. Uh, two runs uh, in the playoffs there, once to the Stanley Cup Finals, once to the Eastern Conference Finals, and scored two enormous goals, uh, especially in that run to the Stanley Cup Final. He was the inspiration of that team when his mother passed away. Uh, I th- I feel like it was hard to to keep Saint Louis out of my top six.
1: Yeah, that's such a really great point uh, about Marley Saint Louis. And uh, speaking of him, I actually have him on my third line, which I'm going to get to right now. Um, on that third line, at center, I have Meekis Abanijad. Uh, you know, traded you know for Derek Broussard. Oh, he only started in 2016. But his numbers are just, you know, incredible to, uh, towards this point. You know, 86 goals, 102 points, 102 assists. I apologize, and 188 points. You know, it was really important in that uh, in the playoff series and back in 2017. In that run, you know, when they defeated the Canadians, had that great overtime goal, and you know, they ultimately lost to the Senators. And of course, you know, led the uh, led the team in points last year, second in the second on the team in points this year. He's most likely going to be named captain and just a real important uh, part of the team. And uh, at right wing, I'm going to have uh, Marty St. Louis, as you said. My points so similar to you. You know that emotional spirit, had those important goals in the playoffs, including the one, you know, against the Canadians, you know, where just went top shelf on Dustin Tokarski. And then um, at left wing, I'm actually going to go a little uh, outside the box here. I'm going to go with Carl Haglund. Carl Hagelin, he was, you know, that bottom six forward, real important, you know, on the four check. He really got a, you know, real good effort, um, and his point, his points line was actually was also pretty good as well. You know, played from 2011 to 2015, had 130 points. Um, he got in those dirty areas when he needed to. Um, scored, you know, clinched the series against the Penguins with that uh, with that shot past marc Andre Fleury, short side. So uh, I think that's that's my third line: Uh the Satan St. Louis, and Carl Hagelin.
0: So I've got, you know, some similarities, I guess you could say here. I've got Mika Zibanejad centering my third line as well. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, he's just been great for the Rangers, although he's not around for the early part of the decade when they were making their deep playoff runs. He was an, inter- an integral part of that that run, which ended at the hands of the Senators uh, a few years back there in 2017. They had nine points in 12 playoff games that year. His regular season numbers have been, you know, pretty ridiculous the past two seasons. He's, he, as you mentioned, probably the future captain of this team and their, their second-best player, if, if not their best in some, in the eyes of some, uh, maybe myself. Uh, on the left wing for me, I went a little outside the box too, but with a different guy. I've got Jesper Faust, who we've talked about on recent episodes. Uh, I, I was thinking sort of those same reasons that you had Hagelin, except for Faust has, has had more longevity. He's been around for longer. He's now played seven seasons. He played 370 games in the decade, had 126 points. Also played 39 playoff games. And you know, my favorite, Jesper Fast. Uh, I guess it's not really a stat, but his accolade is that he earned the player, the Rangers Players Player Award four years in a row. An award voted, you know, by the team for one of the players. Just the highest praise, uh, you know, you could really, you could really receive. On my right wing, though, I'm taking the guy that you had on your second line wing. I'm going with Marion Uh, you know his his Rangers tenure was not so long, only four seasons, but it was impressive. He had two hundred twenty nine points in two hundred fifty five games uh, and you know two forty goal seasons. and yeah, just just a real impact player. and his his standout moment, I would say, would be that triple overtime goal against the capitals. Um, and, yeah, that's that's my three forward lines. Anything else to add before we move on to the defense?
1: Uh, not really, Brian. I think that, you know, we shared a lot of similarities in those three lines, and I think those were, you know, really the only uh, correct answers. You know, just all of them, just really important parts um, of the team, you know, ranging from the Stanley Cup final run and then recent history, like Meexu Barajad and Chris Kreider.
0: Yeah. So I think we'll move on to the defense where there's probably less debate Uh, My first pairing, I'm just going to go through both pairings. My first pairing, Dan Girardi and Ryan McDonough. My second pairing is Mark Stahl and Kevin Klein. What do you have?
1: We we actually share three of those players. On my uh, first pairing, it's got to be McDonough and uh, Girardi combined, plus minus, well over 200. Um, McDonough had 238 points from 2010 to 2018. Of course, you know, scored that overtime goal against the Capitals to keep uh, the Sears going, which uh, led to Derek Stepan's overtime goal, the magic. And uh, Dan Girardi, you know, just always blocking shots, just a defensive workhorse. And then uh, on the second pairing, I'm going to have Mark Stahl as well, you know, ultimate captain to this day. He's gotten into some heat for his, you know, separate play over the years, but just such an important. Uh, piece of this team and, you know, was always there when he needed to be. And, uh, and my second, uh, defenseman on, on the, uh, second pairing, I'm going to put an Anton Strawman, really important during the run to the Stanley cup finals. He just defensively, we all know, you know, when he uh, got that puck out of the crease, um, had 30, had, uh, had 31, had 38 points. I apologize. 32 plus minus you know, one of the most solid defensive defensemen uh for the Rangers of the twenty tens and I think that he has to be put up there um as as the second pairing defenseman.
0: Yeah, I mean I think uh Stroman's a is you know a good choice. It is definitely I think that, that last spot there's a bunch of guys you could go with.
1: Yeah Keith. You know, Kevin Andal, Klein,
0: Keith Yandel, yeah. Michael Delzato even could warrant some consideration. Uh, um but I think uh Anton Strauman is a is a solid choice. You know, again maybe not one that I agree with. But but it's nothing you know. That's just I just went in a better, another direction. Uh, someone that I considered for sure. He was he played three seasons, but was a real uh, real key member in you know that that sort of shut down era with with John Tortorella and to Elaine Bignot, uh when the Rangers were defense was at its best this decade. And yeah, I mean I think they'll they'll regret letting him go. Uh, you know, for for years to come because he he's been solid ever since he left New York too. To the goaltenders. Who are your two goalies? Uh,
1: this is easy. It's Henrik Lundqvist as my starting goaltender, and backing him up is Cam Talbot, and I don't know how one can disagree with that.
0: Uh, yeah, I think you could you could try and make a case for Anzi Ronta, who had a good Rangers tenure. Uh, maybe even uh, a guy like – actually, no, I would, I would say yeah, it's pretty much Ansi Ronta or Cam Talbot for the backup. I agree. I've got Cam Talbot. You know he had that one really important run when Henrik Lundqvist went down to injury, and kept the team afloat. But other than that, uh, you know Henrik Lundqvist obviously has has been the rock, has been the Rangers' backbone for the, for the decade, ten seasons uh, in, in the 2010s, 567 games. It was 294, 205, and 56. Uh, he had 42 shutouts in 90, 96, 98 playoff games. Excuse me. He he was 47-49 and with a 2.17 goals against average, a 9.26 save percentage, and seven shutouts. Uh, Just uh, a heck of a decade from the King, who is worthy of that nickname 100%.
1: I mean, and also, you know, being the best goaltender for the 2010s, also one of the best goaltenders in the NHL, and he's also one of the greatest goaltenders of all time, top 10 in my opinion. So uh, we are so lucky, as Rangers fans, we are so lucky to have – we were so lucky to have Henrik Lundqvist um, on these playoff during these playoff runs to the Stanley Cup final. Um, just the backbone of the team, so so important.
0: Yep. So I think with that, we'll move on to the Rangers killers segment of the uh, of the hour. I think is a real fun one. Uh, so would you like to go first? You can outline your entire team this time, since it's just a, a, a line of forwards, uh, a defense yep. pairing, and a goalie.
1: Yeah, at... I. Uh, my three forwards. I'm gonna start off with Alexander Ovechkin against the Rangers. He had 35 goals in 58 regular season games, just under a point per game. And then in the playoffs, always always showed up, especially at Madison Square Garden. 13 goals in 33 playoff games against the Rangers, multiple playoff series, captain, uh, ca- captain the Capitals, and uh, just you know just always killed the Rangers seemingly every single game they played. Um, and then also he scored, you know, that late goal when he had five-goal game this season. So I also wanted to, you know, just include that one. And then uh, I'm also going to include J.G. Paggio here. Of course, we all remember his four-goal game against the Rangers where uh, we were, up to, you know, up two goals in that game and uh, just couldn't close it out. J.G. Paggio got the uh, overtime winner to get his fourth goal. You know, he had six goals in six games in the playoffs against us. Um, and also, you know, 14 points in 18 regular season games close to a point per per game. But I think the main reason I have him here is because I think he was integral in blocking the Rangers from another Eastern conference finals appearance. And then of course, you got to include Sidney Crosby, you know, 69 games against the Rangers, you know, has 87 points, five game winning goals, averaging a point per game in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, our season after the president's, after the president's trophy uh, winning season, you know, he captained the pens and and the penguins went on to win the Stanley cup, uh, that season. I, I I and yes, I know that's two centers, but I, that's the three forwards I'm going to list. I know J.J. Pajon, and Sidney Crosby are centers, but I think those are the three forwards I have to list. And then um on defense, I'm going to have uh, another penguin in uh in Chris in Chris Latang, you know, their number one defenseman throughout the whole decade, had 35 points in 48 games against the Rangers again was key, you know, scored uh scored a goal in the in the 2016 playoffs against us um 12 points to 17 playoff games against the rangers and then um on the right side i'm gonna have two two uh right uh right-handed defensemen but um two defensemen i'm gonna have mike green um had a great decade uh with the capitals he played 294 games from 2010 to 2015 and then he also played 26 playoff games against the rangers and had the most points uh for uh for defensemen in those three playoff series had 11 points in 26 playoff games you know great shot and just you know you know, during that uh, 2011 uh, series where we lost uh, four to one in that series, while he was you know led led all players in points that series uh, for the uh, for the Capitals. And then in goal, I'm gonna have Jonathan Quick, and I'm just gonna have Jonathan Quick there just because he was you know Conn smith in 2012, and then also I he's the Rangers killer because he was the backbone when uh, during that Stanley Cup final when uh, he blocked the Rangers from getting their first cup in
0: 20 years. All right, I uh, got one. I've got one player the same as you. Wow! I don't think it's going to be the one that you'd expect. You know, I, I tried to have a little more fun here. Sure, obviously, Sidney Crosby is, is the, the player of the decade in my opinion. His eighty nine points and sixty seven regular season games against the Rangers are you know that's that's by far the most out of anyone. But I, I you know just too boring to just include Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin. who is think not it's too boring,
1: a- but it's the right answer.
0: I, I, I don't necessarily agree. Yeah. Alexander Ovechkin's not a point per game against the Rangers. I've got two guys that are on a better points per game uh you know against the Rangers than Ovechkin. And one guy who is not is just slightly worse in points or points per game, but just slightly worse. And uh I think I think it's it's we looking for sustained I'm looking more at sustained Rangers killing than than a guy like Peugeot or Quick or or uh or my green. So I'll give you my line here. On the left wing, I've got Jacob Voracek and Philly. Uh thirty-six points in forty two regular season games against the Rangers. The Philadelphia Flyers as a whole have been sort of a thorn in the Rangers side throughout this decade. But I think Voracek has had a knack for just always always coming to play against the Rangers. But then in the in at center, it's not Sidney Crosby. How about his running mate who who, who doesn't get uh as much of public attention, but Evgeny Malkin, Malkin has been a total Rangers killer. Fifty-nine points in fifty-eight regular season games. He's over a point per game. Uh, he's been he's been a guy that again Crosby Crosby gets the hype, but Crosby Crosby's missed a lot of time to injury. As Malkin, but whenever whenever number eighty-seven's been out, Malkin has steadied the ship and and carried that Penguins team, and has been a guy that is that has always brought his A game when at the Garden, and then on the left. I've got Ilya Kovalchuk, who who took a stint away from the NHL, but played 51 games against the Rangers in the regular season and had 50 points of his own. Again, another guy that just came to play against the Rangers. I'm not I'm not talking to specific instance necessarily or one game, but a guy that just whenever the Thrashers, the Devils, the Kings, now what the Canadians, the Capitals, he did score in that Mika's Benajad five goal game too. Uh, whenever those teams came to the Garden, you knew Kovy was uh was was gonna net one. Uh, my honorable mention as well, a guy that I'd like to recognize, who only played 18 points, only played 18, uh, excuse me, only had 18 points against the Rangers, but only played 12 games, is Artemi Panarin, who was ah, a kind of beast against the Rangers that's a great his his tenure with the uh, Blackhawks and Blue Jackets. Had he uh, not signed this summer, I have a feeling uh, he would he would he might be on this list or at least creeping closer uh, on defense is the one guy I do agree with you on is Chris Letang, 35 points in 48 uh, regular season games. And in the playoffs was always just a guy that, that, you know, came to play and, uh, you know, gave the Rangers troubles uh, on the power play with Pittsburgh. And I'm going to Washington for this one uh, to John Carlson, who is same kind of thing as Letang. I feel like just a guy that always, that is always a, he just so he just always gets one when he comes to Madison Square Garden. he has twenty eight points in 36 regular season games and uh, and i I think he's been a guy that uh, yeah that, uh, that 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 the Rangers do not look forward to playing against and in goal, I think uh, I like my choice here. It's Ben Bishop, 11 and three against the Rangers in the decade. He also led the lightning past the Rangers in in a seven game Eastern Conference finals and was pretty solid that whole series. But 11-3 and in the regular season which with a 9.30 save percentage, a 1.93 goals against average, and three shutouts. I thought Bishop was excellent uh, against the Rangers throughout the decade, maybe even better before he made the move to Dallas. But with Tampa Bay, he was a guy that the Rangers struggled against every year. Uh, yeah, so that's what I've got for my Rangers killer team. Uh, if, if I
1: could just chime in for a second, Brian, I just wanted to say, I think your point on, on uh, Jacob Borchek, that's a, that's a player I forgot about. And uh, I actually think that I may want to include him on my left wing right now over Alexander Ogachin, because I think you made some great points there and I feel foolish for, for forgetting, you know, that uh, the Flyers uh, left winger, because the Flyers, you know, have always been, you know, torching the Rangers, especially in recent seasons.
0: Yep. You feel foolish as you should. Uh <laughs> we'll move on to the all-NHL team. So this one, uh, I, uh, you, you, why don't you go first for this one? You, just, um, just one line, one three forwards, three, uh, two defensemen, and a goalie again.
1: All right. Um, again, I'm going to have um, – you have to have Sidney Crosby, of course, at center, you know, best player of the decade. His numbers, you know, just incredible. You know, captain, the pens, just two Stanley Cups, two Conn Smythes, a Hart Trophy, you know, an Art Ross, two Rocket Richards. You know, scored the game winner in the in the Olympics. I don't know how you don't have him as your number one center. On left wing, already talked about him for the Rangers, Killers, but again, it may have changed my mind. It's Alex Ovechkin, just I, in my opinion, the greatest goal scorer in NHL history. You know, th- uh, he you know has a Stanley Cup. You know, got the cap, finally got the Capitals that Stanley Cup they've been longing for. Uh, six Rocket, Richard- six Rocket Rashards, just absolutely incredible. Um, you don't see numbers like that. You know, 447 goals, like I said, averaging over a point per game. I think Alex Batchett has to be your number one left winger. And on right wing, I'm going to have uh, the three-time Stanley Cup champion, Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane, one of the greatest American hockey players of all time. 814 points over the decade in just 752 games. Had a con Smythe, had a Hart, had a Ted Lindsay. Maybe should have had two hearts, in my opinion. You know, first team – you know, he was a three-time first team NHL All-Star and uh, on the All-Team, I apologize, and made the All-Star game eight times. And on defense, I'm going to include another Blackhawk in uh, in Duncan Keith. You know, I, the Blackhawks' best defenseman during their three Stanley Cup runs. You know, um, Had a, had that Conn Smythe, as I said, three Stanley Cups, 434 points, great numbers for defensemen in just 757 games. And then on a right defense, I'm going to put in Eric Carlson. You know, played for the Senators, just incredible numbers offensively. And then recently traded to the Sharks where they made the Eastern Conference, Western Conference final. I apologize. before having a really down season this year. Six-time NHL All-Star, you know, two Norris trophies, 593 points. Just an incredible decade for Eric Carlson. And, uh, and in gold, uh, it pains me to say this. Because I wanted to go with Henrik Lundqvist, of course, but um, I'm actually going to go with uh, with Mark Andre Fleury here. You know, I think just he he got the two cups. Of course, Matt Murray wasn't uh, what, 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 uh, wasn't goal, but uh, Mark Andre Fleury still his numbers were unprecedented. Very similar to Henrik Lundqvist, but again, I think it's the cup that uh, that puts him over the hump and just places him just above Henrik Lundqvist.
0: Okay. Interesting. I mean, yeah, I, 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 when I went about, we, we, we I, you know, told you we're going to do an all NHL team. You know, I thought about it and I was like, you know, sure. I could just put together the same kind of list as you, Crosby, Ovechkin, you know, Kane, whatever. But I decided to just go a different, different direction. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to argue that any of these guys are better than, you know, Crosby or Ovechkin or anything, but I just went for a guy, a, a, you know, the a, a line and a pairing a goalie, you know, five, six players, excuse me, that, you know have just been big parts of i uh, just have been you know big time players throughout the entire decade guys that i've loved watching guys that i would take on my team any day just sort of like my favorite players of the decade but not like like my not rangers you know just guys that i i think have been some of the top players of the decade when you look at the whole you know 10 years as a, as a as a whole uh so my my forwards are are Patrick Kane, Claude Giroux, and Blake Wheeler. Three guys I really like. Giroux, I think, is, is one of the most underrated players in the league. Also a guy that gave a lot of consideration for a Rangers killer, who has excellent numbers against the Rangers. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, as much as it pains me to say because he's Philadelphia Flyer, he's a guy that I love to watch. He's a total star. Not only has he killed the Rangers in regulation, but it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Look at how many shootout goals that guy has scored against the Rangers. I would love to know that number.
1: He oh, yes. score
0: every single time the, you play the Rangers in the shootout. Oh, he has sick mitt, Claude My goodness, he's 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 a he's a heck of a player. Blake Wheeler, uh, same kind of thing. A guy who's just had real sustained su- success throughout the decade. You know, whether he was in Boston or in Winnipeg, he, he really took the the next step when he went to the Jets. Uh, but a guy that I just think is a really good all around player, or uh, just an offensive an offensive true talent uh, guy again that I would just take on my team. And then Patrick Kane, uh, a guy that you mentioned, who you know I, I do think is one of the those real top players of the decade. Um, but you know, he's Kane. And he he's he, he's got the cups. He's got he's got the he's got the accolades. He's he's just a guy with you know. If you want to talk about silky mitts, that's that's who I'd really talk about is Patrick Kane. <laughs> um, also a guy you know a, a guy who's played on the U.S. national team uh, that as you know it's an American that's been as is Blake Wheeler. I believe uh, but you know, just, American, fun, yeah. fun to watch kind of on D I've got just my two favorite non-rangers defensemen, Eric Carlson and Victor Hedman. Uh, I mean, Eric Carlson is just, that guy is just so smooth. I considered him for the Rangers killer category because of, I mean, if you want to, you're talking about Mike Green series against the Rangers. How about Eric Carlson series against yeah, the Rangers I, I after 2017 on a broken, absolutely. broken foot or whatever it was going on there. Uh, I mean that guy has just. I mean his injuries have have sort of derailed his career a little bit at this point. But in his in his day there, I mean that guy was just money. He was he was you know sixty to eighty points, just such a smooth skater, great great vision, and could score too. Uh, and Victor Hedman is a guy that I think is really underrated. Great great two way defenseman. Uh, you know can. Can 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 shut down the best forwards, but can also contribute on offense like an Eric Carlson or a Brent Burns. You know, if if he wants to, a key guy can just do a little bit of everything, and just just a guy who with ton of value, a huge huge guy too. Uh, who I would, a, guy, a guy that I would just love to have on the Rangers and in net, I've got the King Henrik Lundqvist. I think Mark I think Mark Andre Fleury does not even compare to Henrik Lundqvist in terms of you know skill level. I think Henrik Lundqvist carried. Teams that that did not have any business being in Stanley Cup Finals or or, or whatever. And, I mean, his playoff numbers are, are pretty tremendous, especially when you look at you know Mark Andre Fleury's Stanley Cups come you know as a result of him being replaced by by Matt Murray. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I would uh, Henrik Lundqvist is, is a guy. I mean, actually, I would have probably if I was truly making an All NHL team, I would have still had Kane, Carlson, Hedman, and Lundqvist probably from this past decade. Uh, I would have had Henrik in there. I think he's he's the goalie of the decade, regardless of of the of the fact that he does not have the Stanley Cup to his name. That's that was not on him because he was the only reason the Rangers got there. I mean if you really look at the if you really look at the Rangers all decade team that we put together, you know, both of us agreed on sort of those first two lines or, you know, just in general, the forward lines. I mean you got Rick Nash, who was a good player for the Rangers. It was a very good player for the Rangers, but you know was was good he had the 140 goal season and and he wasn't you know quite as as good after that you have derek stepan like derek stepan is not a true number 1 center you got Derek Brassard as your second center. He's not a true number one center. Matt Zuccarello, okay, you know Zuccarello is a he's a you know high fifties point kind of guy. You've got St. Louis, who's at the tail end of his career and was not producing like big regular season numbers. You know Chris Kreider has still never eclipsed sixty points. You're going with a group of forwards who are good players, but there's, no, there's still no star player, and it's just a, a group of you know solid forwards. And you know on defense, you know, Ryan McDonough and Mark, and Dan Girardi and Mark Stahl were were real you know. You know, a players back in the real early 2010s, but guys like like Stoll and Girardi did f- fall off, and you know, not to the point where they are now. But we're not quite as good, even when the Rangers were making their runs to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, I think Henrik Lundqvist, you know, totally put this team on his back for a decade, and you know, I guess hopefully if they return this year, he'll get a chance uh, for a cup. Before we wrap up, I'll go with one more question here uh, for the day. And you know we've talked enough about the players of the of the 2010s decade, but let's talk about some moments. Give me your top three moments, Rangers moments, of the Oof. 2010s decade. I'm going off, ra- off script here.
1: Yeah, top Rangers moments. Uh, top three. Um, well, I, th- I think number one. I think an action. I apologize. I think number one is the uh, is the Rangers advancing to their first Stanley Cup final in 20 years. You know, it just really epitomizes the Rangers, you know, decade, Henrik Lundqvist getting a shutout, Dominic Moore, you know, scoring for that one-nothing victory. What a moment. At, at number two, uh, Derek Stepan's OT winner, the 3-1 comeback against the Capitals to, to propel them to a second straight Eastern Conference final. That was, I think, the loudest uh, the Garden has been in. I think it was the loudest the Garden has been the whole decade. And number sure. th- And number three – I think it's going to be a uh, Marty St. Louis overtime goal uh, because it brought the Rangers within uh, one game of advancing to the Stanley cup final. And it was just an emotional moment and it was an incredible goal. And it really just, and it just made the Rangers dreams of a Stanley cup, you know, just so close, although they didn't win.
0: Yeah. For me, I've got, uh, I mean, those are all great ones. I'm just thinking of just like moments that were just awesome to me from the decade. I mean, I wish the game had been in New York but that game 7 in Pittsburgh in 20 in 2014 where Henrik Lundqvist stood on his head in those last few minutes there was you know that that series of saves where he lost the yeah. stick yeah that was one of the more mo- more awesome sequences uh, I've I've seen you know from Lundqvist just uh, you know as a, as a Lundqvist fan as as you know uh, just a, a guy who loves the goalies uh you know, that, that, that sequence of saves there was, was really special, something I'll remember forever. And that was a great game too. Uh, I think the, uh, the the Brad Richards goal with, with six seconds left or whatever against the Washington Capitals, that was a a memorable moment for me. Uh, just, you know, how many times do you see a team score with under 10 seconds left to tie a game and force overtime? And then you've got Mark Stahl of all people winning the game in overtime for the Rangers. Um, for my third one, I think I is yes, I think I feel obligated to say Derek Stepan's uh game seven goal. But I almost feel like I don't know, since they didn't even make it to the cup that year, it was just like I mean, in the moment obviously it was amazing, but now looking back on it, I don't have like as much attachment to that moment. But that Marty Saint Louis uh overtime goal against the uh against the Canadians, as you said, beating Dustin Tokarski, I'm not even sure if you call that short side, that was just you know, I, there, there was no, there was no room to put that pop, but San Luis somehow found a spot to put it there right in the, in the near side top corner. Uh, and, and that, that was just, that was that real, you know, as much as the obviously won, you know, in, in game six of the garden, that was the real, um, that was the real moment where I was like, the Rangers are going to win this series. They went up three, one. Uh, and that was obviously the year that, uh, Marty San Luis lost his mother as well. Uh, which was, uh, which was which was obviously very sad, but but you know sort of the story of that playoffs. One more underrated moment, which is a real random one, but in the next year in the in the uh, in the 2015 playoffs, when the Rangers played the Penguins in round one, uh, Derek Brassard scored 20 twenty twenty seconds into that game off a rebound oh, from Rick yeah. Nash. The Rangers next had come year. off. Yeah, the Rangers had come off, you know, a year having lost in the Stanley Cup Finals, and they came out absolutely firing in that game. We literally Derek Broussard scoring 20 seconds in, or whatever it was, and it was just like, for it looked like this team is going back, like they they're going right back to the Stanley Cup Finals. They were ready to roll, coming off the President's Trophy that year as well. It was, that was just an awesome moment for me, just you know, starting off the playoffs with a bang. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a fun decade for sure. And, and if I can
1: mean, just add one more thing, Ryan, yeah. we were talking, discussing Marty St. Louis. I, uh, I wanted to add uh, the goal he scored off his skate on Mother's Day in New York, shortly yeah. after losing his mother. Just a great moment, emotional moment, you know, through his glove on the ice and just, I mean, it was so powerful to watch that that goal. I to yeah,
0: add that I agree. I, that was a, a definitely a moment that, you know, I considered as well. Uh, I actually just, <laughs> I don't know, I, I missed that. I couldn't watch that game for some reason. I very clearly remember that. So I never saw that goal live, which was a shame. Uh but yes, obviously a real, you know, special moment there. Uh, you know, Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day in New York, I think, if that's the call. It is the call. Mother's said. Day uh, in
1: New York. Marty, you have come through big time.
0: Yep. Uh, he, uh, you know, he, he was his, – his year that year was really special and, you know, made the playoffs in, in just a more meaningful journey, I think, for the Rangers, even for the fans. Just, you know, us watching, everyone was rooting for him and for that team to sort of come through for him and, I mean – as the, as the commentator said at the time, he he did come through, uh. But yeah, I think that's that'll wrap us up for today. Uh, anything else to add before we finish? Next time we'll focus on the 2014 playoffs. Really take a look at that. Um, what, what do you what do you have to say for yourself before we head out?
1: No, I, I think we got everything covered, and I also uh, lo- I also loved our all-decade team differences, and I think uh, a lot of the answers we put in, I think, were interchangeable, and I think. Uh, they all worked, and I think this was a really good podcast. And I'm ha- so happy to be part of it.
0: That'll do it for episode four of the Ranting Rangers podcast. We'll see you guys next time for again a look at the playoffs. Hope you've enjoyed, and let's hope this decade is just as successful as the last one, maybe a little bit more, and the Rangers can take home a Stanley Cup.